Hey y'all, welcome back. Today, I have a question for you. Is your silent struggle with shame resulting in anxiety? Shame and anxiety are two words I do not often see in the same sentence. And so I started to wonder lately, does the shame some people carry affect their wellness to the point where it produces anxiety in them? If you have ever dealt with shame and carried the burden of your past, even and especially after being born again and washed clean by Jesus, this is for you. Having an intellectual understanding of what it means to be born again and washed clean by Jesus and actually living that out are two different things. So today we're going to talk about what it looks like when you're still carrying the weight of your foolishness, your past foolishness, and how it's connected to the anxiety you're struggling with today. Plus, we're taking a look at Psalm 77 and really receiving the wisdom God so freely gives through a brief study of his word. Grab your Bible, grab a pen, grab a journal, and let's dig in. You're now listening to Her Renewed Strength, the podcast, a place where you, my sisters in Christ, are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well, steward well, and set your minds on eternity. I'm your host, Erica Diaz Castro, your Jesus-loving Puerto Rican life coach. If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with, if you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party, and let's dig into today's episode. I don't know about you, but I have a past and a half. I just have such a long track record of royal mess-ups. There is this word in the Bible that comes up quite a bit in Proverbs, and the word is folly. And I laugh about it sometimes when I think of that word because it's not a word that's really used today in our normal, like everyday language, but it's such an accurate word for some of the seasons I lived through and the decisions that I made. And what that word means is, lack of good sense, foolishness. The lack of good sense is like landing for me. I don't know about you, but just the sheer dumb, dumb decisions I made that were rooted in immaturity, selfishness, and truly just being far from the Lord. I look back at those times and I have often still felt that sting of, you know, just shame or guilt, complete dissatisfaction, shaking my head at myself, right? And this is after I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. So I wonder, as I was thinking about this, I'm like, who else goes through this? There has to be people in the world. Because when I talk to people, clients, friends, family members, there is inevitably 
some past experience that comes up, something that people are still struggling with, they're not proud of, whether it was a conversation they had, whether it was a financial decision made, whether it was a habit they picked up or a person they were involved with, whatever it is, whatever your past is filled with, it sometimes sticks with you. And, you know, whether you realize it or not, it could be contributing to anxiety that you're experiencing now. So when I think about the word shame, I have to put a definition on it so we're all on the same page. Lexical.com defines it as a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. Folly. So if you're humiliated or embarrassed or distressed by your awareness of your folly, of your foolish behavior in the past, then there's a couple things I want to start with. Number one, you're a new creation, right? In Christ, we are a new creation. And we don't have to continue. In fact, we should not continue to identify with our past because we are made new. Second Corinthians chapter 5 Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. So the old is gone. Take that off, right? The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. And knowing that is different than living that out. There's often times, especially with the really smart women that I do life with, there is this understanding a knowledge of what scripture says and then there is almost a delay in living that out not because there's resistance but because there's kind of like this learning piece of like okay i can understand that right that makes sense that happens before the application of that and in having a conversation with my husband earlier i was sharing with him that I did Bible study with one of my best friends for a whole year. And it was in the moment where we started confessing our sins to each other when I realized that this was a different kind of friendship. Like we went from being friends to being more than that, like being true sisters in Christ. And it was such a uh, an interesting experience because it wasn't anything that produced shame like the result of confessing my sins to her and her doing the same with me was not shame. In fact, it led to repentance. It led to the Holy Spirit, or I would say that it was a result of the Holy Spirit sanctifying us. And that's what we're supposed to do. So I digress. Shame. It's basically baggage. So if you're carrying around this baggage and you're fearful that you might make those same mistakes again, or you're fearful that if someone finds out you made those mistakes, you either are not going to be loved or you're going to be judged. Um, Maybe people are not going to trust you or want to do life with you, or maybe your partner is going to think that you're terrible. Your kids are going to not want to take your 
guidance and direction. Your friends are going to think they're better than you or they're not going to be your friends. You know, all these things that we think about, like, oh, you know, if they really find out who I am, I think that's that's the lie that the enemy is trying to plant in your mind. Like, you're not really sanctified. You're actually still that person who did that thing when that's not what scripture says. Scripture does not say that. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. So I want you to stand in that truth. And what that practically looks like is literally rejecting those moments when you're tempted to indulge thoughts of the past and like connect with who you used to be and see yourself as that person as if there's some level of imposter syndrome you're living with like maybe i'm not really a christian type of deal without you having to actually say that maybe the anxiety that you experience in response to shame is actually fear that you might not truly be saved and i'm not saying that that's the case for everybody but i can see that being a concern especially for a person who maybe struggled with addiction or who has a really hard time controlling emotions or was promiscuous or lied a lot or whatever whatever you did fill in the blank because even if it wasn't quote unquote that bad because you're thinking about what somebody else did it is actually that bad because we're not supposed to be comparing ourselves to other people to have the right perspective you're going to need to compare yourself to god the holy one so i want to point you to psalm 77. it is a psalm that begins it's titled a maskeel of asaph we know asaph wrote some of the psalms a maskeel is basically a like category of psalms and the hebrew root of this word maskeel is sakal which means to have insight or to teach and gotquestions.org says that this is meant to be meditative or impart wisdom i'm not going to read all of psalm 77 but what i am going to do is oh you know what it's actually psalm 74 my bad boo psalm 74 um i'm not going to read the whole chapter this entire psalm but it is a prayer for israel a masculine of asaph and at the beginning asaph is essentially asking god like why have you rejected us why does your anger burn against the sheep of your pasture Remember your congregation, which you purchased long ago and redeemed as the tribe for your own possession. Remember Mount Zion, where you dwell. And then as you read on, there's a suffering, a level of suffering that is communicated. We see in verse 10, God, how long will the enemy mock? Will the foe insult your name forever? Why do you hold back your hand? Stretch out your right hand and destroy them. And then continue reading down. And we see that there's a plea being presented in 
verse 21, Asaph writes, do not let the oppressed turn away in shame. Let the poor and needy praise your name. So I want to break that down a little bit. We're in Psalm 74, verse 21. Let not the oppressed. That phrase translates to dach, the word dach, which means afflicted or oppressed. Okay, so we know that anxiety is an affliction, right? Let not the afflicted, the oppressed, dach, let not the oppressed turn away in shame. That word shame translates also to dishonored, and it's the Hebrew word kalam, okay? It means figuratively to be ashamed or to be put to confusion, hurt, reproach, or to shame, to be put to shame. So do not let the afflicted, the oppressed, turn away in shame, in confusion, and hurt, and reproach. Let the poor and needy praise your name. Let the afflicted, the poor also translates, let the poor translates to let the afflicted. And that word praise is actually the, the Hebrew word halal, okay? And it means to be clear, to shine, to make a show, to boast. So let the needy, let the poor, let the afflicted praise your name, shine a light on your name, boast your name, right? Rave about you. What's happening here, let me back up a little bit. We see that there's a juxtaposition. Instead of being turned away in shame, let us praise God's name, okay? In your affliction, in those moments of anxiety, you could be tempted to think back to the times when you are not the best representation of anything, right? When you were making decisions that really put you at odds with the Lord. That sin separates us from him, but we don't remain separated. We are united to the Lord through Jesus Christ. We are in Christ, a new creation. Jesus said that no one would go to the Father except through him. And so we have to really walk that out. How can you be a new creation if you're still ruminating on the past, if you're still in some sense identifying with the actions you took in the past? There is a, I don't even know like what it's called or what the proper term is, but I'm going to talk about postmodernism. It's an intellectual stance, basically. And postmodernism is basically an intellectual stance that promotes ideas that include your mind really being separate from your body okay and the interesting thing about that is that that's not what the bible says about our experience as humans there is no separation so postmodernism we see this actually showing up in the world today a lot with identity so people identify as 
whatever it is they do versus who they are, okay? So as Christians, we identify as Christians because who we are is a new creation, right, in Christ. Whereas if we were to do things the world way, we might identify as anything you do. If you're a farmer, you're a farmer. If you farm, you're a farmer. If you (laughs) squat, like you're a squatter, right? Like if you were back in the day and you would, um, I'm just thinking about history right now. If you were like trying to claim a plot of land, right? Like what you did was, you know, claim your land. You'd be a squatter. If, If you are in a homosexual relationship you are a homosexual if you're in a heterosexual relationship you are a a heterosexual you are straight you are gay you are bisexual i identified as bisexual for decades like two decades 20 years from the time i was like 11 until my late 20s um almost 20 years i identified as that I don't identify as my sexuality anymore, my sexual preference. My preferences don't dictate my identity, okay? And so I share this because that that disconnect, it happens when we start to do things the world's way. So we see the juxtaposition in Psalm 74 verse 21 where it says, do not let the oppressed turn away in shame. Opposite of that is let the poor and needy praise your name. So my prayer is that you wouldn't identify with your past mistakes. People who are diagnosed with cancer will sometimes in their posts or in conversation, because I've had these conversations too, say something like, I am not my diagnosis. You ever heard that? If you struggle with mental health, I am not my diagnosis. You might suffer from bipolar disorder, but you are not bipolar disorder. People will say, I'm bipolar, which like if that's how you talk about yourself, then by all means, right? But as a Christian, the Bible doesn't tell us that we're bipolar. It tells us that we can be wishy-washy in our actions and in our positions, in our heart postures. So that's talking about our actions, right? And our intentions and, you know, the the conditions of our heart, but it doesn't say that that's our identity. So I bring this all back to the point of the story, which is if you're struggling with shame, first of all, you're probably not talking about it because you're embarrassed. That's how shame works. It kind of lulls you into silence. Like, You are so embarrassed to the point that you would just rather keep it to yourself and like struggle on the inside. So I want you to grab your nearest sister in Christ or your husband or, you know, a brother in Christ, someone you trust and you do life with who knows the Lord and who will point you back to the Lord. And I want you to confess your sins to them. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. There really is something very beautiful about sharing and being vulnerable and being bold 
to stand in your new identity as a Christian and to tell the enemy through your actions, I'm not going to be owned by my past. Like Jesus already conquered the grave. I don't need to be living in the past anymore and let that dominate my present or my future because there's no comparison between what I did and what Jesus already completed on the cross. So confess your sins to someone who you do life with and who loves the Lord and who will pray with you, okay? The second thing I want you to do is, as simple as it sounds, it is not easy, let it go. You have to be willing to say no to yourself when you want to go down the path of tearing yourself apart because something you did reminds yourself of something else you did in the past. Like I recently felt frustrated about a situation and it reminded me of a situation where I was frustrated with a person years and years and years ago before I was saved. And my response to that person back in the day was not kind. I remember the feeling because of circumstances being similar and whatever. And I remembered like how I felt justified in that. And I mourned that I even went through that. But I remember <laughs> it was recent. I remember thinking to myself, I could be like, I could feel ashamed and like carry that with me. But I'm just going to make the decision to not relive the same experience. Like, I'm not going to make the same mistake. I'm not going to be ashamed of it, not because it's not shameful, because I did mourn that I even like responded to a person in the way that I responded to them, which was disrespectful and all these things. And, um, you know, having remembered it, I felt that sting in my heart, but I didn't choose to sit with it for longer than that sting initially lasted. I just thought to myself, I could just give this to God and I'm I'm going to because I don't need to make the decision I made all those years ago. So I don't need to like that I'm even willing to choose a different path and like run after Jesus instead of like appealing to my flesh and acting in a particular way is is reason enough to not be ashamed because it is just evidence of the Holy Spirit at work. And I know I know that if you stop and think about times where you sinned in the past and you're presented with a similar situation now and you chose not to sin, you can continue to be encouraged by those moments. Share those moments with people. Write them down in a journal. Write them down on a cue card and carry it with you. Do you guys call it cue cards? Index cards? A post-it, whatever. Write it down and have that as a little reminder of, yeah, I was a sinner. I was far from God, but not anymore. And it's not an affirmation where you convince yourself. It's literally a complete transformation. Like I'm choosing to walk away from that sinful pattern of making a mistake, being, you know, living in shame and continuing to beat myself up for it and not allow myself to number one, approach the throne of the Lord to repent 
for whatever you might be tempted to sin in now, like just thoughts, right? Like if your thoughts are running rampant and you're, and you're giving into that, you know, repent of it, confess it to one of your brothers or sisters in Christ and choose to run after God instead of appeal to your flesh. So all that was a lot. I don't even know how long I've been recording, like 20 some minutes. I intended for this to be 10 minutes. Sorry. You know, I hope that you have a community. I hope that you have a safe space where if you do feel like you need to air something out, like people will embrace you. And if you don't, I welcome you to the community that I host on Facebook. It's free. It's not like one of those communities where there's a lot going on. It's as active as you will be. Um, But if you share that you want to confess and you do, I will respond and other sisters in Christ will respond as well. And we're doing Bible study in there and we're praying for each other and we're being encouraged by each other's testimonies. So I wonder if you'll join us. Go to herrenewstrength.com forward slash community. And if you don't want to join us, it's okay. Join me for the next episode. I hope I see you then. Love you. Bye. Hey, sister girl. If you love today's episode, the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other Christian women who want that same support and valuable content actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses, and other services, head to HerRenewedStrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five, extra tips, and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.